0: So I've always been a big fan of JavaScript. That's like the first language I learned when the whole Jamstack phase came into the tech community. I was really, really interested. Cloud Foundry is an open source platform as a service that allows developers to deploy their applications on Kubernetes as easy and as fast as possible. So that's what Cloud does for you.
1: Shedrack from Cloud Foundry. What's up, Shedrack? Hey, Brian. How's it going? Nice to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure having you. Uh, I've actually seen you on the internet, uh, Twitter, uh, Coder Black on Twitter, and uh, yeah, I've been following you for a bit. And uh, you're based in Nigeria, correct?
0: Yep, yep, Nigeria.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, you're involved in the Jamstack community. You've attended the Jamstack meetups. So, what's your introduction to the Jamstack, and like, what sort of like piqued your interest? So
0: I've always been a big fan of JavaScript. That's like the first language I learned. So JavaScript like, has always been something that I've always been interested in. And when um the whole Jamstack phase came into the tech community, I was really, really interested because I was like, oh, so I could build applications without leaving the JavaScript like ecosystem, right? Right. I like could just have everything done with JavaScript without stressing. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't need to learn some other language for me for a backend or something. and I just need only to know Jam, um, JavaScript and I'm fine. So that was what basically picked my interest because I've been too lazy to learn another language. So <laughs> when the Jamstack phase came in, it was like, oh God, I'm sold. Um, there's nothing else I want to hear. I'm, I'm not going to bother learning some other language. Jamstack just has got me for life.
1: Excellent. Yeah, and um What's your introduction into the programming? Did you go to school for that? No. Nah, out there in Lagos? Nope,
0: nope. So there's really not much of the educational structure for programming here in Nigeria. So, like, most of us from Nigeria actually had to learn stuff from our own, maybe Free Code Camp, maybe um, W3 schools, um, YouTube. So, like, we just have to figure out stuff on our own
1: most times. Yeah, which is, is fascinating because, like, I've been, I feel like I've just been connected to the folks in Nigeria since I started programming. Folks this, um, either went to the programs, connected to JavaScript. Shockware UI, I know there's a lot of Nigerians who help and contribute to that, that project as well, or at least I've, they've told me about it, so I've been just rubbed shoulders with folks who are just involved in the, the ecosystem, so it sounds like you, you just came up through the sort of uh, community that, that's been around you. Yeah, basically the community yeah yeah, so speaking of which, you reached out because of your current employer, Cloud Foundry, uh, so you've been there uh, almost a year at this point. Yeah. Uh, can you explain for the listeners what Cloud Foundry is?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. So basically, Cloud Foundry is an open source platform as a service that allows developers to deploy their applications on Kubernetes as easy and as fast as possible. I mean, there's this whole phase where a lot of people are saying Kubernetes is complex. So one thing Cloud Foundry solves for you is the fact that you do not have to know Kubernetes so much to actually deploy application on Kubernetes, um, CloudFund creates an abstraction over the complexity of Kubernetes and makes you just learn a bunch of commands and your application is live on Kubernetes without you doing all the whole stress configurations that comes with it. So that's what Cloudfunding does for you.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate that too that that's just, um uh, that I'm here that you're here to teach me about this, but also in the listeners as well, not just me, uh, because I, I actually learned Kubernetes the hard way. Uh, literally, there's a <laughs> there is a repo called Kubernetes the hard way. And, yeah, Casey. Yeah, no, and it, and it was legit hard. Like I I I knew what I was doing. I kind of understood the concept of Kubernetes and getting a platform as a service into the cloud, but I made the mistake of doing the tutorial on a Friday, leaving it running. And then by Monday, or Sunday night, I think I got a bill, because it was the end of the month. Wow! Uh, so I ended up paying $80 for two days of, of learning Kubernetes the hard way. Wow. Which was insane, because if I did that at the first of the month, I would have not even noticed that thing still running in the background. Yeah. So like, what you're saying is that you abstract the sort of setup, the configuration of Kubernetes, you get the benefits of it. Yeah. You could have your multi-cloud architecture, but leverage Cloud Foundry, correct? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And is, is your background in the sort of DevOps space? Like, how did you get interested in this?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm always like a big fan of learning. I have actually never done anything relating to DevOps or Cloud before getting into Cloud Foundry. I had to like sort of learn. And um, it was really, really interesting because I've always wanted to go into the cloud space, but I've just been too lazy. So I mean, having a job that makes me learn this thing was quite interesting, and that's how I got into
1: the devops space. Yeah, and uh, is my correct that you're are you a developer advocate for the company? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm a developer advocate at the Cloud Foundry Foundation. Yeah, and what a better way to advocate as while you're learning, you're advocating for the developers who also need to learn this. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So um, Cloud Foundry is not a company. It's a open source foundation that's sort of like backed by the Linux Foundation. So I would definitely not want to add, address Cloud Foundry as a company; it's sort of like a community. It's a foundation, basically.
1: Yeah, honestly, I didn't even know that until you mentioned that. I've seen Cloud Foundry around. Uh, I've seen the articles and the documentation, but I've always uh, made the assumption that it was a uh, you know VC backed or driving uh, startup. So nope, actually, powered by the the Linux Foundation.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's just like um. So the Cloud Foundry Foundation, which I work for, where I work, it's basically a foundation formed to take care of the Cloud Foundry community from um handling the repos, etc. It's all open source and everything. We are non profits, and everything we do is totally non profits. We don't make any money. Okay,
1: excellent. Yeah, I I know you reach out to me, and then you introduced me to another one of your colleagues who built a. It was a blog post, a tutorial on how to use Cloud Foundry and GitHub Actions. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was like it was so well put together that I was like, "Oh wow, this company has got some really good talent." And I say company ignorantly because <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, so tell me more about this Linux Foundation. Um, I'm familiar with it, but for the sake of the listeners who aren't familiar with the Linux Foundation, can you tell me more about what sort of projects are within the foundation and what what sort of constitutes someone being part of the foundation as an open-source project?
0: Yeah, yeah. So basically, the Linux Foundation actually is like a foundation that has a bunch of projects that are part of it. Also, the Cloud Native Computing Foundation is part of the Linux Foundation, which is where the Kubernetes project is actually incubated. So the um, Linux Foundation is the foundation responsible for everything that has to do with Linux open-source systems generally. So they govern the board, the whole um, projects that actually come through there. So that's basically what the um, Linux Foundation do. And they're like members of the Linux Foundation, which are like companies that actually sponsor the Linux Foundation. So from Google to IBM, VMware, et cetera. So yeah, that's basically what the Linux Foundation does. It's a governing body for the Linux ecosystem.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the some correlations too is also like understanding that, um because I've seen a lot of projects, there's a lot of open source projects that have, Got to the point where like they are taking a good amount of funding, but they're also taking a good amount of contribution and having that sort of structured, uh, moder not moderation, but the being the governing body is what you you mentioned uh, to be able to sort of like organize that. Because once you start having some of these larger projects like Kubernetes, it can introduce a lot of chaos. So having structured, yeah, is really where the win is from the Linux Foundation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious, what's your take on how Cloud Foundry is empowering Jamstack developers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: one of the reasons why I was actually employed to the Cloud Foundry Foundation is just to come and show the JavaScript community that this is what Cloud Foundry can do for you. I mean, we've seen a lot of systems today, a lot of platforms today are sort of like Jamstack built. So maybe they could have um, their front-end, um, their entire application be a Jamstack application, and maybe they want to scale. They have a lot of users They want to scale. How can they do this without going the stress? of doing various config or deploying on Kubernetes. So that's, this is where Cloud Foundry comes in. Cloud Foundry makes it very easy. I mean, I know that developers spend a lot of time trying to make complex things easy, right? So that is basically what we are doing at the Cloud Foundry Foundation or the Cloud Foundry Project, basically. It makes developers, Jamstack developers, any type of developer, basically, to deploy the application is very easy and as fast as possible with just a single command, which is CF push. And your application is live on Kubernetes. You did not do any config, write any YAML file. You're just writing installing Cloud Foundry, and install, um, doing a CF push.
1: Yeah, and the, what I understand, Kubernetes is the the power that that sort of multi cloud architecture that you can have. Am I able to do CF push, but then choose where Kubernetes is pointing that to, uh, to be able to orchestrate that?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, um, you can install a Cloud Foundry instance on any cloud infrastructure. It could be AWS, it could be Azure, it could be Digital ocean, basically anywhere. You just need to install um, a cloud platform for Kubernetes on that infrastructure and you are actually live deploying, or your application is live deployed on any of this infrastructure you want.
1: Yeah, that, that's like extremely valuable. And I think the um, like one of the biggest benefits of this is I don't want to compete with Microsoft or AWS. Like yeah. I don't want to spin up my own clouds or set up my own network of, of infrastructure. So like that's a definitely a good buy-in. Yeah. But what I do want to compete with is the other folks who are creating platforms as a service. So like if I want to be able to have my product work or my developer tool work in Florida, in New York, and Washington, but also in Brazil in Lagos, Nigeria and Japan, like I want to opt into existing infrastructure and buy those cloud providers. But I guess what I'm getting at is like the the setup is usually where I usually fall over. And um, I know it was, it was a trend for a while where folks would build like these these massive blog infrastructure for their own personal blogs. Mm-hmm. So, mind you, like if I had BrianDouglas.me, which is my blog, I could deploy that to Azure and then have that on their Azure CDN across their node network, but also leverage Google Cloud, Google Cloud okay. and then also use Google Cloud functions. And for whatever reason, it was like back in like 2016 or 17, it seemed like every developer was like building up ways to get their blog on Kubernetes. And I think. <laughs> That's not really the use case. The use case is for building like Netlify or building uh Cloudflare. Like those yeah. are the, the platforms of the service that we're trying to we're, that are really winning from these sort of technologies. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. So I'm I'm curious, what uh do you know any of the other examples of uh companies or products or types of products that are using Cloud Foundry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um
0: a bunch of companies actually we have companies ranging from Alibaba, VMware. IBM. So uh, IBM Cloud is sort of like have a Cloud Foundry offering called IBM Cloud Foundry. So IBM is actually a member of the Cloud Foundry Foundation. Also, a bunch of like whole companies are actually using Cloud Foundry currently in production.
1: So I'm curious, as you've learned, uh, because you mentioned you'd only been at the Cloud Foundry almost about a year. Yeah, have you architected stuff with Cloud Foundry? Have you shipped anything? Yeah, 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 so mostly demos. So I just build build out demos. Maybe
0: and we've done like a bunch of demos. We've done from Go to Ruby applications to Node.js applications. We've done Django. We've done a bunch of like um architectures that um to and um, um, deployed them on um, Cloud Foundry for various demos. So we have a medium publication and also a YouTube channel where we basically post most of these findings and most of these experiments that we do basically to make it like life easier for people that want to get started in. Basically,
1: Cloud Foundry using Cloud Foundry. What's the, uh, the name of the YouTube channel? Is it Cloud Foundry? Yeah, Cloud Foundry. Yeah, Cloud Foundry's YouTube channel. So I'm curious to ask, what has been your experience in DevRel in the last couple, like the last year, pretty much? Like, what sort of activities have you done? Because I think I'm personally interested because I know my DevRel career or my, my year has been quite different. So, like, mm-hmm. what things have you done to engage the community? Yeah, so
0: basically, I had to go back and since like most of the world before the pandemic was like doing a lot of traveling, attending events, etc. But now that everybody's virtual, like the whole the way we see the world has actually changed. So one of the ways I've been able to um, connect with the community is basically doing live streams. I've done like a couple of live streams with the crowdfunding community, like a bunch of people watching it, and I've tried my best to put out videos, to put out um, blog posts, basically to keep the community. Active to make sure that people are actually seeing, okay, this is what I could do with cloud foundry without necessarily going to an event to hear about it. So that that's one of the ways I've been able to um, engage the community, um, hearing out people that have questions, like trying to answer their questions on Slack, um, etc. Because we have like a Slack community um, with about fourteen thousand members, and um, we try our best to like make sure that everybody's catered for.
1: Okay, excellent. What's your been uh, your experience for the live streaming? Have you have you been using YouTube or uh, Twitch?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we stream on YouTube, Twitch and also Twitter. Okay. We stream on those three platforms. Yeah.
1: Okay. Excellent. I'm actually curious more of the DevRel side too at this point. So you already have the Slack community. Yeah. Uh, but as far as like the, the live streams, do you find folks like what sort of format usually has been working for? Because like Cloud Foundry is a it's a complex tool. It's always some pretty like it's making the job of using multi cloud infrastructure easy, but also explaining that in a live stream could be pretty dead. So like, what's the format that's been working for you?
0: Yeah, yeah. So basically for every single live stream, we always have a demo. We always have something that we want to demo. We always try to build some demo before coming on the live stream and try to simplify it as much as possible because we usually keep like 30 minutes to 45 minutes to do whatever we want to do and make sure that the, the message is actually passed. So we have like, well, before every live stream, we have live stream notes. So we make like live stream notes on like various what to say and how to make this like whatever I want to say as easy and fast as possible to uh, make sure that the audience is being engaged and also they are dealing for me and we are not spending too much time on the live stream trying to explain XYZ. So we try to do demos and we also have live stream notes before every live
1: stream. Cool. So yeah I don't know if you have anything else you wanted to add about Cloud Foundry, but I was actually curious about the fact that Cloud Foundry is open source, like other than the Linux Foundation, what's sustaining it? Is, is there a paid hosted solution or anything like that, or is it all?
0: Yeah, yeah. So Cloud Foundry is actually open source, but we have like members of the Cloud Foundry Foundation, like IBM, VA, that sort of like pay membership fees to sort of use create their own offering of Cloud Foundry. So companies like SUSE, VMware, and IBM they have their own offering on Cloud Foundry on their various platforms. Um, before VMware discontinued. Pivotal, so VMA bought Pivotal. Pivotal was also is also an offering of cloud foundry, and um, VMA also have VMware Tanzu, which is also another offering of cloud foundry. And um, IBM have IBM cloud foundry. So like these various um of big tech companies have their yeah, own offering of cloud foundry, and they sort of pay uh, membership fees to the cloud foundry foundation. So that's sort of what is sustaining the cloud foundry foundation.
1: Yeah, that that is that's pretty awesome, and uh, it's pretty awesome that this uh, tool is now. There's a lot of folks benefiting from it, it's big and small, uh, and that y'all are just making this available to everybody who wants to be a member or not a member. Uh, yeah. So it sounds like there's not a, a limitation there. Yeah, that's pretty much all the questions I had about Cloud Foundry. Is there any sort of like anything else you want to add to uh, the conversation to inform the listeners about leveraging this tool?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, Cloud Foundry is basically. One project, and we also have the Cloud Foundry for Kubernetes project, which is basically for people that want to really, really experience Kubernetes, like want to do stuff, want to like create pods, want to do like various um, things with Kubernetes. But the Cloud Foundry for Kubernetes project was just released, I think last year, and we're currently to like in version one. And um, this allows developers to deploy and configure, um, customize their Kubernetes deployments. Basically, aside from just the regular cloud foundry, cloud foundry Kubernetes uses containers and also build packs to deploy applications. Basically, anywhere you want to deploy an application using any infrastructure. So that's um, one other that way we, we can. So there's the cloud foundry project. There's also the cloud foundry Kubernetes project. Depending on your on your use case, depending on what you want to use. There's always like tutorial contents for getting started with that. There's also for the Cloud Foundry regular, the regular Cloud Foundry project. So, anyone you basically want to use is always like available
1: for developers to try and see. Awesome. So, on that note, how can folks get started, try it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, to try it out,
0: just check out tutorials.cloudfoundry.org, which is um, our official tutorials page where you can fly, find most of like you can try out Cloud Foundry without necessarily installing Cloud Foundry. We have various scenarios for that. And um, we also have a Medium blog if you're more framework and language specific. So it's medium.com slash Cloud Foundry Foundation. If you want to see um, more framework and language specific tutorials, I'm going to leave the links with um, Brian to add it to the podcast notes. So in case you're interested, you can always just check it out.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm actually going to be checking this out Hopefully, pretty soon. I, I wanted to—I'll um, have to invite you on the Open Source Friday, um, or you or your colleague, because I think it'll be a good opportunity for a demo on the GitHub channel. Okay. Um, but I do appreciate you, Shadrach, for coming on and talking about Cloud Foundry yeah. uh, and sort of educating us about the space, educating me about how easy this is to sort of like actually approach this because, yeah. like, I've I've definitely done the hard way, so I'm happy to use the easy way now. <laughs> um, but I do want to transition us to uh, picks. These are jam picks, things that we're jamming on. Could be music. Could be food, could be educational resources. So like it, anything's open. But um, if you have any picks, you, you want to go ahead and go first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: um, the kind of the music I've been like listening to a lot to um, recently is Pink Sweats featuring um, Kelani. Song is like a jam. I, I sort of need to remember the name, but it's actually Pink Sweats featuring Kelani. That's my worst, that's the name of the song. Really, really good music. If you're looking for good symphony. That's really, really good music. And if you're looking for music to jump to while walking, Pink Sweats featuring Kelani. It's like my big, big, my favorite song right now.
1: Yeah. And I would also shout out uh, your Twitter account. You always, um, every now and then, you'll drop like a, a like Pink Sweats is somebody I've heard of, I've never actually listened to. So I'm familiar with the name, but not with their music. But on your Twitter account, you do drop some pretty good artists and stuff like that and songs that you're listening to. So yeah, I would recommend everybody follow uh, Coder Black on, on Twitter too. As well, look at the show notes for the, uh, the spelling. Yeah, definitely. Just follow me. I drop fire music,
0: and I drop good educational tech contents, too.
1: Yeah, excellent. As well as, um, just recently, I was watching your Twitter. Was there a, a football or soccer match that was happening? You were, you were commentating on, live commentating?
0: Yes, yes. That was like last week, and it was really, really annoying. <laughs> we lost the match eventually. <laughs> awesome. Any other picks? this is like for the javascript community there's this tutorial i've been watching it's svg it's on it's on front end masters it's around um, um designing stuff with svg by Sarah drasner if you look, like you're a big fan of svgs you want to learn how to like use svgs please just check it out it's like very very good content just in case you
1: want to do like fun stuff with svgs Awesome, yeah, I've got uh, Sarah's book that i've uh, I've gone through a bit. I, it's it's funny because I skimmed it enough that I, I could pick up what I needed to solve because I had to do some SVG magic. but I haven't read the rest of the book. So I might just pick up the course and go through the course instead because I I'll probably sit down and do that.
0: Yeah, the course is really good. Sarah is a wonderful
1: teacher. Excellent. yeah, i'm I'm a big fan. and uh, I do have a pick. I've got one pick, which is um, invite me to your podcast. If you're looking for a guest, uh, definitely reach out. I was recently on the 8-Bits pod. This is uh, Chloe Condon and Brandon. <laughs> I already forgot Brandon's last name, but the Code Traveler is his Twitter handle. For whatever reason, I forgot Brandon's last name. But they have a podcast that they, they've been running for quite a few months now uh, during the pandemic. It's uh, sort of like a uh, variety hour of bringing on a guest, talking about what they're happy to share. And uh, hosted on the Learn TV, Azure Docs, microsoft developer youtube account and stuff like that but they also have a separate podcast as well that goes out and uh i was just super fascinated by this entire presence uh that they carried as far as the podcast but also the production like the podcast shipped shortly after we ended uh so like i got a notification in my rss uh, my my podcast catcher and uh yeah, the podcast was live just shortly after the the, the actual uh, StreamYard ended. So, wow. if you're hosting a podcast and you're looking to level up, or you just looking to be on a podcast, I highly recommend checking out that podcast because I think they do a really good job. Great production value.
0: Yeah, I would check that to check it out. Especially because I'm thinking of also starting a Cloud Foundry podcast so
1: yeah, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's a podcasts are a it's a long tail. So like you got to you got to spend six months of not having a lot of listeners until. One day, someone goes and listens to all the the last six months of content, and then you have an audience. Uh, But a lot of folks, they fall off pretty early on and then they wonder why it didn't work. It's because you got to go a good amount of time before you grow the audience, get a show of consistency. Yeah. But with that being said, I'm super happy to have a conversation and learn more about Cloud Foundry. I can't wait to actually jump to the tutorials uh, and invite uh, some Cloud Foundry people to future conversations to sort of get everybody so that, decentralized the knowledge base for getting stuff on Kubernetes, I think. That's that's where the win is. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Well, thanks, Ed Rack. And uh, listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders.